Ah, oh, Sasha, Jesus. Ah, oh, Sasha and Bailey stealing the show on Monday Night Raw. Uh, hello and welcome to the LOP Radio Raw recap. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Im, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description. Obviously, whilst I'm live, that's not going to happen. Links don't exist, but. I'll put them in in post. The link's in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. There was a post there for this show and it'll be there and whatnot. Today, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. For the first Raw recap on Lost Pain Radio in a little while, the last guys that did this shout out to uh, One Nation Radio's Rich Latter and James Boyd. Uh, the latter of which, James Boyd, will be joining me on Thursday to talk about NXT. So I'll be doing both Raw and NXT this week. So not always going to be by myself. But they were the last guys to give Monday Night Raw a go with the coverage here on Laws of Pain Radio or on the Laws of Pain YouTube or whatever, covering Raw mentally broke them. <laughs> so wish me the best of luck in this endeavour. <laughs> wish Imp the best in his future endeavours. Oh, it's, uh, yes. <laughs> Run like Raw, sometimes it breaks you. Just to kind of, like, get it off the bat as well. This week was different. I will get into the show in a second. There's a few kind of, like, cover stuff to kind of deal with first. But this week's Run Like Raw, it was, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I always get that feeling when there's about two or three matches left to go that final hour, I start to fatigue. Like, I am done. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to finish. And then it just keeps on going, keeps on going. And it normally, normally it's a penultimate match that hits me. And that's the one where I start to struggle. Not in this case. It flowed pretty well. And they, there was a running theme in kind of like the format of the show where they'd do a backstage bit that would set it up. And then after they set it up, we come back from break and it's the match. Or it's the segment or whatever. And uh, there's a nice little thing as well where they did two. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it wasn't awesome, it was a bit strong. I liked the flow of the show, where it was backstage segment, then after you've done the backstage segment, you then go straight to a match or something. So it kind of flowed really well. And then you had a couple of times that you had people interacting with others as well. There was an instance with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy just talking in the background of an MVP, Lashley walking. <laughs> and then the camera pans as you walk, that's how you film it. And they were there in the background of the pan, and they continued the next bit. Like it was a soap opera. You, know, you see that? You see that in soap operas quite often. Like over here, with especially hospital ones. <laughs> over here, we've got a uh, Holby City or Casualty, and they'll pan. You see, have a conversation, and they'll pan with them walking because their bit's done. And then after you finish the pan, then somebody else will walks into shot, and you continue it as like one shot. And like do we do? We did that here. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. It makes the world. It's it's eroding. The, the kind of uh, I've called it in the past. I've criticised WWE for the passing ships. I'll get into more detail when it comes to that point in the show. But it's kind of eroding that passing ship's feel, but it's by little details. And Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy just being there in the background. One of those little details. That was awesome. Uh, I keep saying awesome. It's not awesome. <laughs> it's a nice little detail. But I generally enjoyed the show this week, which is great to see. Also, uh, I'm trying new things out. I uh, I was struggling for ages for the lighting for this, because uh, still in lockdown, still not in the best situation, still using crappy laptop camera. And I've got a very, very makeshift light that might blow up the thing, but <laughs> I just, yeah, I've got a lampshade with a light bulb in it, like just right there. <laughs> so, wondering how I'm lit, there we go. You don't give a crap, but <laughs> maybe I'm about, I'm going to see that in a second of me lifting that. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> but anyway, very, very makeshift, essentially. I'm doing my best to be able to try and make it look a bit better. So, I'm lit this time, even if the background, I'm very aware the background is quite fuzzy and flickery. Trying to get my hands in the right place to show <laughs> that I'm aware of it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully little details over time. This time, I'm lit. <laughs> so I guess, baby steps. Anyway, so I'll talk about the main event first. 
and then I'll kind of get to things. If you've got any questions, just put them in and I'll hopefully answer them at some point. I've tried to figure things out as well so I can actually see the chat as I'm reading my notes this time. Again, baby steps. <laughs> Please don't mean that. Anyway, uh, so I'll start with the main event which requires me to talk about the opening of the show, uh, which kicks off the show with Asko and Sasha Banks and the contract signing. Uh, started off red hot with Banks and Bailey brawling inside the ring with Asuka. Uh, this show right off the bat in utter chaos as Samoa Joe tries to regain control. First thought, Samoa Joe would make an amazing manager. Like, I'd hire him as my GM. I know they don't have managers anymore, but oh, just the way he was just shouting at them to be to, to calm down and to let me do this signing. Was like, oh, that was like the essence of a fantastic general manager. Oh, it's all there. Oh, and he's got the ponytail as well now because his hair's grown out. Because, like, lockdown and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, he looks badass. <laughs> anyway, then, after control is kind of asserted, that's when Dolph Ziggler comes down. Uh, sorry, number one contender for the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules, Dolph Ziggler, who calls out Drew, big Drew McIntyre. And now we have a double contract signing. The WWE Dream. Oh. <laughs> Just, oh. How do you improve upon a contract signing? Two... Contract signings. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, Ziggler's first to talk. He got, he got pretty generic lines like, whilst you were busy finding yourself, I was here. I was carrying this company, damn it. It's like, ah, yes, those same generic lines. Okay, fine. Uh, McIntyre, similar but a bit better, like, always the bridesmaid and never the bride, eh, Dolph? Um, he allows Ziggler to pick the stipulation for Extreme Rules, which kind of, for me, that makes this fine, that this happened. So, okay, but yeah, fine. Uh, Dolph attempts to... Attempts to talk back. I can't say attempts to talk. That's too many T's. <laughs> to attempts to talk back, but Asuka jumps in, and huzzah! Asuka, once again, the injection of life in this show. <laughs> so, if you've kind of followed me recently or on Twitter or whatever, you'd say, yes, I think Asuka's fantastic and amazing. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at the damn cat. That's damn's in damn. But yeah, Asuka, just oh, just the, just, just her mannerisms, just everything. She's the way she's just like mm, just pulling up a pat arm pad <laughs> before signing. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, Sasha also, it's just like oh yeah yeah. We'll get that in a second. Sasha says she's going to become. Two belts, Banks, uh, her and Bailey are taking over not just both locker rooms, but the whole damn company. It's crazy how much more momentum the Raw Women's Championship has compared to the men's. Like, it'll likely be a solid match, but Dolph Ziggler's the modern-day champion momentum killer for me. Like, he did it with Kofi Kingston, with Dean Ambrose. It's like, seemingly year after year, it's like, oh, we need somebody to fill in as a challenger. Oh, Seth Rollins was the guy last year. No, and Kofi. Bloody hell. <laughs> so they, they, we need somebody to fill in as a decent challenger on this pay-per-view. It's like, ah, oh, Dolph will fit. And of course there's the history, recent history as well, with Dolph Ziggler and McIntyre being a team which then broke up. And yeah, it, yeah, it works. It works in a narrative way, but I can never buy Dolph Ziggler as a challenger. And always the bridesmaid and never the bride is a line which would have fit Dolph Ziggler last year and the year before and the year before that. So by, by this point, it's like, yes, it is a line that works for the current, I guess, character of Ziggler, but I've heard it so many times, it doesn't do anything for me. Compared to Asuka versus Sasha, my God, <laughs> the investment difference. Oh. That said, the main event itself, as I kind of flash forward to the end, because I do want to talk about the main event first, the main event itself, I enjoyed the hell out of. Yeah, Sasha Banks and Asuka have single-handedly made me give a crap about Extreme Rules. 
Like, how could I stretch that as far as the women's division? Oh, sorry, let me try that again. I could even stretch that as far as the women's division. <laughs> Realised I've read it completely wrong. So, yeah, well done me. Uh, with Rousey, Becky Lynch, and now Charlotte Flair all gone, like, was there anyone left who's been built up on Modern Night Raw? Like, is Nia Jax literally it when I think about it? Maybe she is. As in, not a... Not in terms of who would be a good challenger to give her a good match, because there's quite a few people on the roster that could do that. Like we saw a fantastic singles women's match on the show itself. But they've not been built up to feel like a true contender who could possibly take the championship away. They just feel like challenger of the month, which is what Dolph Ziggler feels like. So, like, meanwhile, SmackDown, which is on this left-hand side for some reason, SmackDown has Banks and Bailey absolutely killing it. There's a similar issue where there's not really enough talent to justify a brand split. They're kind of facing challenges of the month as well, but they're amazing. Like, so, so especially right now, with the numbers falling by the wayside in both personal and viewers. So, like, why not? Why the hell not? Just combine the best two elements of either show into the best value you could possibly have right now with WWE's current woes. Like, what is there to lose? Yeah. Uh, and Banks versus Asuka has me hyped as hell. Just to, just the two interacting overshadowed everything else around them. Like McIntyre versus Ziggler feels like a sideshow to the actual main event in the women. So yeah, like the match was great. <laughs> just to get get back on track, the match was great. No downtime at all. Seemingly constantly motoring on. Uh, the intergender rules really work into its favour. When one tags out, you immediately got a fresh injection of pace. Uh, Sasha sold Asuka's kicks like a like a boss. <laughs> the two are so quick and fluid. Uh, the ending sequence of the two trying to lock in submissions or score a pinfall one after the other is simply fantastic to watch. So, highly recommend this match. <laughs> Just, yes, definitely recommend watching it. It's, it's an amazing, amazing match. Uh, there's quite a lot to get through, so I'm going to have to blast through. Uh, Right, just going to check if any of the questions in the comments are actually my uh, midnight... Oh, of course I'm British, so if you do send in a question, make sure you get your word order right, because I'm not going to be able to figure it out. I'm <laughs> not going to get brain working. Can, do, can I answer these comments, or are they just comments? Uh, this is great live, especially for the podcast. And quickly, I would say no. <laughs> just to move on. Right, so, I said quickly. I do apologise if... <laughs> More. Uh, we go backstage and Garza's attempting to seduce a female referee uh, and Zelina and Andrade appear then Charlie walks in and asks them about the two going for the Raw Tag Team Championships before they can really say anything of no big shows here ah right let's, let's get through this show from this point <laughs> I do a sigh but again, I've already said I enjoyed the show so I can, I can criticise it now that's how the internet works right you can, you can preface it by saying I generally enjoyed it, and then you don't have to keep reminding people that you did when you're criticising it. Yeah, yeah, that's not how the internet. <laughs> anyway, uh, Big Show's here, and he's a face, <laughs> but he's the one who's a dick. So he's a dick to the lads, uh, pulling rank to air his beef with Orton. Predictably, in the ring, Big Show then gets interrupted by those three people. Uh, when, and I say predictably, that's what I would have done. And when I saw it happen, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> of course I'd be pissed about that and not just take it. Yes. Uh, before they can really say anything... Oh no, I'm an idiot. <laughs> the, the, they bat generic lines. I forgot about that bit. 
They ba- they bat generic lines before setting up the match. Like you can say hi to Ed and Christian for us in the retirement home. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, cue laugh track. Uh, Ric Flair then comes out like they brought him back after the news last week. Um, what? Like he, he hypes up Orton, craps on Big Show, uh, reminds him RKO's in peak shape whilst he's been cartooning on Netflix. Uh, once. Ric Flair's done chatting, he then leaves. It's like, uh, you brought him back. <laughs> After everything that happened, you brought him back. Why? Uh, anyway, they, um, once he's done, out come the Viking Raiders. So interruptions galore. Uh, then it's time to move on to the actual scheduled match, I guess, because all of that is a slew of interruptions. Then we're there, so let's go for it. Yeah, cool. So Andrade and Angel Garza with Alina Vega taking on the Viking Raiders. Uh, Gaza and Andrade's rising tensions were the focal point of the match. There's blips of chemistry, but they're essentially two alpha males. If anything, Zelina Vega was the one holding the unit together. Uh, Before the break, Andrade had enough of Gaza. When we came back, however, Vega had convinced the two to work together. And as things progressed, their chemistry grew. Pulling 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 off more and more strings of offense together. Ending with Andrade nailing Eric with that sick spinning elbow. Oh, it's beautiful. Before tagging in Gaza, who hit the wing clipper for the win, but as soon as the bell rang, Andrade was out of there. No soaking in the wind, no harms raised in celebration. He just walked away, gesturing in frustration. Uh, but I was making an IT crowd reference and realised it doesn't fit. <laughs> so, yeah. Building frustrations, which would come back into the show later. Uh, recap for Liv Morgan versus Natalia, and also Ruby's there, but Natalia's not now, so where's this going? I guess we'll find out. Iconic! <laughs> That's where this is going. I love these two. They just crack me up. I know, there's a huge amount of people on the... Uh, I've seen it on social medias and in comments on lawsofpain.net or wrestlingheadlines.com, and yeah, there's a lot of people who do not like the Iconics. I love them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they just make me laugh. <laughs> uh, I was about to say especially Billy Kay, but Peyton got quite a few laughs out of me tonight as well. Uh, a nice, funny little match set up here. Ruby held her own as well. She was quite funny. Just joking about saying their catch lines like, oh, you better not. Oh, we're going to beat you up. <laughs> After she says it. Um, Andrade, Garza and Vega arguing backstage. Yes, this is a slew of backstage packages. Not the first time in the night. And Ric Flair approaches them and says... Can we talk privately? I've got an idea. Which, immediately, my nerd wrestling production brain is just like, wait a minute, the invisible camera production becomes even more confusing. Weren't the four of them already alone? Or is the invisible camera actually... They know it's there, or do they not know it's there? Which one is it? <laughs> it's like, in the end of it, who cares? It's wrestling. <laughs> they were just doing a thing to... They were just teasing you for something to happen later. It's wrestling. Who cares? <laughs> but it's just immediately my nerd brain started. The alarm bells went off. Like, wait a minute, no. This, am I, are they alone? Are they not alone? Do they know they're not alone? How aware are they of the invisible cameras? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> just, I'll happily talk about it if you tweet me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a random one. Anyway, uh, 24-7 Championship was up next. Akira Tozawa with his ninjas versus R-Truth. Uh, I'm still not sure what to make of Tozawa's new gimmick. It's pretty... It feels like racial stereotyping. He's Japanese. Give him ninjas. Have him act like a ninja. But he's 
a charismatic as hell, and he really makes it work. Like he is so charismatic that I enjoy watching him do all of his stick. Like yes, oh, just think this. He used to be called somebody who wasn't charismatic. It's like that. It's just like everyone who's watched him out before WWE is like he is amazing. The charismatic. <laughs> it's way till he gets something where he can do it, and it's a weird one where it does feel a little bit like it makes his character in a bit in a way. But he's so good at it, yeah. You're able, finally able to see his charisma on display. So, yeah, pros and cons. Uh, this was a perfectly fine, fun bit of comedy wrestling, and is part of the for the course with the Dirty Four Seven Championship. Our truth wins with a sudden roll up. Ah, yes, of course. Ah, yes, just silly back and forth, and on with it we go. Uh, after the match, Tazawa's ninjas have their go of rolling up truth, but the new champion manages to escape. So. Continuing the shenanigans with R-Truth and the 24-7 Championship, he has become that championship. So kudos to him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recap VTR Play Play for MVV and Apollo Crews. Here I am with Gaki no Sakai references. <laughs> that nerdy. A quick backstage bit showing Lashley's anger at the perceived disrespect and MVP's level of respect for Crews in spite of still planning to whoop his ass. A nice bit of continuity there, being like, no... There was a reason MVP offered to manage Apollo. He genuinely sees something. Uh, but as they walk off, this is what I was talking about earlier, the camera pans across and we see Rollins and Murphy, with the former holding the stolen Mysterio mask. Uh, small note, but little details eroding that feeling of passing ships I've previously criticised WWE for was something I felt I needed to point out. So I've said it at the start and I've said it here again. Like Short interactions that make the world feel more lived in rather than characters roaming in a series of unrelated comic stories. So, yes, just a nice little progression. You don't have to do massive change all at once. You don't have to. Anyway, uh, Rollins has a super-duper important message that's, like, really important and stuff. But did he ask Rey Mysterio for forgiveness? No. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, he did, but, like, uh, yeah, well, kinda. But it's Rey Mysterio's fault. <laughs> it's Rey Mysterio's fault those actions had to be carried out. Uh, Seth Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah, the saviour of Monday Night Raw, and every time Mysterio keeps turning up to Raw, standing in the way of the greater good, Rollins will be forced to take him down, forced to break him piece by piece till there's nothing left. Uh, yes, I, I love uh, Seth Rollins in this character has been amazing. I just love the reasoning for his actions there. That like, I am sorry, I'm looking for forgiveness for my actions, but you are the one stopping progression. <laughs> it is your fault. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> His character is so good. Yeah, Mysterio appears on the Titantron. If anything, Rollins' actions have given him an increased vigour, with the masked warrior now motivated to fight back against the Messiah, back with something just as heinous. I don't know if I said that word right. <laughs> Alistair Black's music hits. Uh, he and Carrillo run in, and we've got ourselves a Teddy Long tag match. Player. <laughs> I forgot I wrote the player bit in. Uh, to mix it up a tad, when we return from break, Rollins is chatting, shh, can't say yes word, <laughs> on YouTube, on the mic, trying to sow in some doubt, questioning why the two keep fighting on Mysterio's behalf. Uh, Carrillo's fighting on behalf of their shared heritage and respect. Alistair Black knows a thing or two about evil, and Rollins is in an absolute excess of it. So, next match, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo. 
reaching the halfway point of the show. This match injected some energy with some great fast-paced wrestling. Uh, the chemistry between Black and Murphy is still off the charts. Could watch those two for a long time. Luckily, WWE's run or WWE's run the well till it's dry booking happily obliges. <laughs> you have a good match, or you're bloody gonna see it over like Rey Mysterio and, and, and Andrade from last year. Like you got a good pairing, you're gonna see it a lot. You can see it a hell of a lot. In fact, you're going to see it so much that it wasn't just last year, it was also this year. <laughs> it is on one night more this time. So, oh, yes. You're going to see it a lot. We've got great chemistry. Uh, in this match, Murphy was the one taking a lot of offence as Rollins' disciple. Uh, Rollins was jumping in to try and swing the momentum without just simply tagging in himself. A nice little character thing. Like, quite as my headphones fall off. Like, quite often, you see a heel either be totally cowardly, or you see a heel try to be the one to take all of the glory himself. Like, Seth Rollins genuinely is trying to be a, a role example for Buddy Murphy, and for Buddy Murphy to have the opportunities to really step up. It's like, oh, it's, it's a little heel kind of, it's little notes which make this character just so much better than a lot of the stuff you see normally. It's, I just like it. Um, later on, there was an awesome powerbomb jumping knee combo from the two. Uh, a little sign they're more of a team than their opponents. Like, Alistair Black and Creo, yes, are two talented lads on the same page, but they're not a team like the Messiah and his disciple. Uh, Rollins wins with a curb stomp. Uh, the match itself was, like, fast-paced back and forth. Everybody got their crap in. Yeah. A really, a really well-positioned-in-the-card, fast-paced tag match. Like, at this point, like an hour in, like I feel like I needed this kind of match, and, yes, it was perfect. It maintained my attention for the next bit as well. Like, yes, well done. Uh, there was, after the match, Rashford Rollins hit his curb stomp on Carrillo. Uh, he and Murphy beat up Carrillo, put Mysterio's mask on him, shouting, you want to be a hero? Heroes wear masks, don't they? Just like your hero. There you go. Uh, Black tried to make the save, but Rollins escaped and in the process hit a devastating curb stomp to Carrillo onto the steel steps before scuttling away up the ramp. Yes, oh, yes. Like, you hit, you do your, like, really... Horrific looking axe, it's still steps, head, bang, that is quite a spot. And then, then you cowardly run away. <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's an awesome mix. It's just, yeah, the, the issue with uh, like I had with Seth Rollins' first heel run, you know, without the Messiah stuff back when he was, the, the authority things, was he was booked to be a cowardly heel so much that it was really difficult to take him seriously as a champion. Like, as, a, as I say champion, as a guy who's generally fantastic in the ring, you know, holding on to his championship that way, it was kind of... Like a run of the mill, mill kind of feeling heel run, which is he was great, but you can tell that like, the writing for it was just a bit ah oh, the creative ah uh, we're we're in that period where we're just entering like a real downturn, and uh, yeah, but this run fantastic, I love it. Then we got five minutes of Undertaker, cool. <laughs> just, uh, before I, I go through the rest of the packages, I guess uh, I want to say again, this was another tag team match. That I've already talked about the main event. It was fast-paced, everybody got their stuff in. It included those awesome Seth Rollins kind of character moments and the progression in that way. And, uh, and Seth Rollins was constantly just talking to them about why are you get fighting for Rey Mysterio and trying to form a little bit of a fraction there. Yeah, oh, look, yes. Seth Rollins, right on my tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then we got five minutes of Undertaker recapping his career talk, uh, with SmackDown and stuff. I didn't watch SmackDown last week. That's... Like the one I really struggle with in terms of, not to, it's normally just a content, 
because last week I just didn't feel like wrestling. And with, with the news that broke just before I went live last Thursday. And it's... Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, backstage with Lana, who has a WeChat with Ruby Riot. Uh, something about I couldn't even bring myself to TikTok. <laughs> just, this is where me not watching Raw <laughs> for a little while has left me a little bit in a hole. Like, this is the one where I, I seem to know about everything. Apart from this one. <laughs> so I needed something about Natalia and Lana teaming up. Didn't quite know why. And now Ruby Riot somehow involved. Cool. I'll, I'll pick it up as it goes. <laughs> like, but yeah. So that line went over my head a little bit. Like, I'm, well, I know she TikToks in real life. But she just... Something has made her depressed. And I know Natalia's not there. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, she then tries to put over Natalia as a top level talent. Relating her to the best... Uh, Female combatants who are like right up there in WWE history, like Lita and Stratus, and uh, and it's Natalia. I don't know if it was Ruby Riot was meant to take her seriously from that. It's like, oh crap, I'm in this with Natalia, who's she's actually a fierce competitor. Yeah, they can try, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Charlotte Flair recap from last week, and all because she's not on the show doesn't mean she gets a lengthy bit explaining you to you why she's not on the show. And next up, we got. The shortest match on the show, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't give it my like match of the week or anything like that, but I generally enjoyed it. No, yeah, seriously, I did. Uh, sh- Peyton Royce versus Ruby Riot. Uh, short, but not a moment wasted. Uh, Royce was working the arm from the get-go. Riot then fighting her way back in one-handed, and Billy Kay working the numbers games distractions and just at ringside making me laugh. <laughs> uh, and the move that was all over my Twitter feed this morning... That spinning brain buster from Peyton Royce was noise. <laughs> uh, a pun replay seemingly executed really well too. Uh, like The two of them made that thing look awesome as hell. So just massive shout outs to both of them. And if that's her finish from now on, like I'm down for that. <laughs> that looked awesome. It, looked, it looks both devastating. And I saw, uh, before I watched the move, I saw quite a few people on my Twitter timeline just like, oh my god, that's... That's, that's quite a dangerous move. <laughs> but on the replay, I was like, actually, she's abs- as far as I can tell, she's absolutely nailed the execution. Just like, like bravo. <laughs> Just absolute bravo. Uh, but yeah, top-notch match. Peyton Voice won with that uh, spinning brain buster. And it's kind of telling the story of maybe Ruby Wright should be listening to Lana. Maybe she does need that guidance. Uh, but this made Peyton Voice look awesome. Like, it's, it's part... Uh, if she'd have just won or been distractions, though your normal roll-up type of thing, that might have been, I guess it's fine. Then with... Bloody hell, I'm forgetting about. But then with that new finisher, that's what I'm trying to say. With that new finisher, it's awesome. <laughs> she, may, she comes across as an awesome competitor who can deliver that kind of level. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, backstage with the big show. <laughs> I've written it with loads of I's and O's. But it's half past midnight, you don't get it. Uh, Charlie Caruso asks if he's worried Flair might be luring him into a trap. Uh, he dares Orton to come try him, if anything, welcoming the Viper turning up. Uh, recap of the show for the start for the Goldfish, <laughs> who seemingly watch this show because they have to recap it so much. Uh, so next we've got Big Show Andrade and Angel Garza. This was another match where I saw some criticism when I was like on Twitter checking my messages and everything, and it was kind of like in post where... I was hitting post after I'd watched the match, then went back to them. I was kind of just like, but context though, like how many of the people complaining actually watched the match was my first thought. Because after watching it, 
like, yeah, if anything, it was a, as much a story of the duos falling out as it was painting the big man as a dangerous force. Andrade off the bat, tricking Garza into sliding into the ring on his lonesome, laughing at the piss, uh, <laughs> laughing at the poor lad's red-chested misfortune. <laughs> oh, I've got to remember to censor myself on this bloody thing. <laughs> uh, both of them were fully on the same page. They could have easily taken down the giant, but their egos got in the way. Garza doing the hard work, getting Big Show down, before Andrade tagged himself in, telling his partner, it's my moment, but, you know, not as charitably moany like just then. Uh, Garza is the one who gives up his time, sliding, gives up this time, sorry, sliding out of the ring, pretty much saying, go on then, lad, your moment, mate. Just just pissed off. Yeah, and right to a chokeslam, Andrade walks, one, two, three, and to swing the story back into Big Show and Orton, Show then hits his patented knock-out punch with an angry face. Like, rrr, rrr. That joke would have landed if <laughs> I didn't stutter it. Uh, but yeah, Big Show, it's, it's interesting. They managed to tell the story of Apollo, uh, not Apollo, he's in the, in the next bit. They managed to tell the story of Andrade and Angel Garza, whilst kind of then leaning into Orton and Big Show without Orton being there. And I kind of like that. It was, a, it, was, it was a progression type of thing. Like, I was fine with it. And the, the reason Andrade and Adrian Garza lost wasn't because Big Show is better than them. They lost because they could not put their egos to the side. Yes, totally loved it. Uh, backstage, Apollo warming up with Cedric and Ricochet by his side. R-Truth uh, runs in, claiming to have finally escaped the ninjas. Uh, the big takeaway from this is the new nickname Richard O'Shea, <laughs> which yes was hilarious. I love that. I love I love our truth names for people. <laughs> they always just make me laugh. Uh, but next up, we then finally go into MVP versus Apollo Cruz. We saw MVP talking about it earlier. We then seen Apollo Cruz talking with his friends as well. This was important to see him with Cedric Alexander and Ricochet because it leads into the next bit. Uh, so MVP, who was joined by Bobby Lashley, to take on the United States Champion. Uh, Cruz's punishment for turning down MVP's offer last week. Apollo seemingly had the veteran's number, but Bobby Lashley was the match factor. When Cruz was properly with the momentum, he climbed up onto the top rope. Uh, Lashley jumped onto the apron and MVP drove, drove at the ropes, <laughs> running high boot to the corner and a fisherman suplex for the win. Uh, Cruz quickly gets to his feet. Sorry, Cruz, I can't really say it. Gets to his feet, hit him back at MVP after the bell, but Lashley's quick to break it up, which brings out his amigos, Richard and Cedric, for the brawl. And then we come back from the break, and we have an impromptu match. Bobbily Lashley versus Ricochet. And yes, I have written it as Bobbily Lashley in my notes. <laughs> I did it once, it made me laugh, sticking with it. Uh, this time, with both sides having ringside numbers, so Ricochet's got Cedric Alexander, and Bobbily Lashley's got MVP. It's, it's just that the one... One of them was more honourable than the other. <laughs> like uh, Bobby Lashley was showing his souping strength. Ricochet made him look ginormous <laughs> and strong as hell. Uh, and then Ricochet was doing his best to stay in the fight while with this dominating juggernaut. An absolutely vicious ringside beatdown from Lashley. Painful suplex on the floor and painful launch into the ring post. Uh, in the ring, Lashley goes for a spear, but Ricochet collapses and Bobby smells blood. Yeah, just that entire sequence where it's just like, oh god, it feels like Ricochet, like the Brock Lesnar match where Ricochet just got absolutely destroyed. 
and then it comes back, and then you're like, oh god, this is, you can just go in, chuck him into the ring, hit his finisher and pin him. Because both of those, like the suplex on the outside, that was bad, that felt bad enough, and then the ring post where Bobby Lashley kind of just F5'd him into the ring post, or just launched him, one of the two. It was in the carry, and then just threw him, like, my god. <laughs> that was amazing. Just, he looked, it looked scary as, not he looked painful as hell. So you're like, yeah, it's going to hit his finisher. But Ricochet collapses. It's like, oh, oh, is that... Yeah, get over the full Nelson. Bobby Lashley smells that blood. He goes for the full Nelson. But it's a trap! Or how did he say it in Star Wars? A trap! <laughs> uh, Ricochet fights him off and gets the man outside the ring. Dive to ringside didn't work. But when Lashley went for the ring post launch again, uh, Ricochet slid out and head first. The big man went into the ring post. Why am I reaching weirdly like that? Uh, Ricochet then got a mighty swing of offense and momentum Moonsaults, near falls, combinations of kicks. Uh, Alexander pulling MVP off the apron as well. Like, the momentum was all with Ricochet. However, he possibly went for one too many kicks, and that was the ultimate final swing. Uh, Lashley caught the kick and locked in the full Nelson for the win. With blood dripping all over those massive pecs from a busted ear, assumably from the ring post. For an awesome, monstrous image. The blood just sometimes adds to it. And in this occasion, when he was locking in that full Nelson and he just saw it dripping down on his pecs, it's like it, he looked like an absolute badass. It's just like it's obviously not the same level as Beckham thing, but just that little bit of blood really added to the image. Yeah, post match, Alexander tried to jump in, but he just got destroyed himself by the full Nelson. And Bobby Lashley's put over as a monster yet again. His pairing for MVP continues to be fantastic. Yes, MVP got the win. And Bobby Lashley also got to look dominant as well. But it was the numbers game together. And now you set up Apollo Crews having friends, which you can then build on for the future. But yes, just, it's nice little things. And starting to question, oh, does Pritchard actually, Pritchard and McMahon in this new era might not actually be that bad. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't watch last week. I've kind of seen like, notes and things. And the consensus was it was also pretty watchable last week. And this week was also pretty well-flowing and watchable. Totally for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, if, if of this quality and he's slowly building, you just you do this level of little adding stuff, like, yeah, totally down for it. Great to see. Uh, we then go backstage and Ziggler gets put in his place by Sasha and Bailey. I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the main event. Backstage... Ziggler got absolutely put in his place by Sasha and Bailey, <laughs> trying to do the normal team talk type thing. Like, come on, like I'm the man here. I'm like, if you just listen to me, you'll be able to do it. And those two women, arguably, arguably my favourite thing in WWE right now, completely crapped on them, <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was fantastic. Uh, I loved it. Well done. <laughs> well done, those two. And the main event kicked ass as well, which was great to see. And yeah, I yeah. I've had all the great words for that match, and I've, been, all, I've already mentioned in terms of the main event. I'm really hyped for Asuka versus Sasha Banks, and they're doing a really good job building to it. And uh, Banks and Bailey are just the cream of the crop right now. <laughs> There's a reason that Bailey is now at the front of the Fox of SmackDown banner. It's like, yeah, yes, I love it. Great, <laughs> awesome. Anyway, this is that brings me to the end of the coverage. I've absolutely blasted that's over like two thousand words of notes. <laughs> absolutely blasted through it. So uh, there was a quick comment that did flash by. Uh, what is the owner of the WWE? Rich. <laughs> Rich is the owner of the 
Don't worry. Um, also, uh, from James Harden, I think Bob. I think that Bobby Bobby's is last. That doesn't make sense. I need to read this correctly. I think that Bobby's is Lashley. It's not the same thing like Big John stood. Bobby's is Lashley. I thought I made sense of that and I haven't. <laughs> I thought I had it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. But I am buying Bobby Lashley as a monster. I'll talk about Bobby Lashley in that sense because it kind of leads on for like the last segment we've probably talked about. I'm really buying him in his role with MVP. Like, Generally, the pairing has been fantastic. They've been an awesome pairing. It's been great to, it's been great to watch the duo kind of just grow together, and really, really build something slowly over the course of time. And it feels, and his match with Drew McIntyre, like I was perfectly open for the WWE normal method of let's just run this again. But to be fair, I'm happy to get in this because you you have him lose to Drew McIntyre instead of going the normal route of let's just stretch this out. We need content for the summer. Instead of doing that, they're, maybe it's the COVID world. Maybe it's all of that. But they are, they've put Bobby Lashley back into the mid-card and put him with guys that can make him look amazing. And I felt like, yes, just it's a genius idea to put him with those guys. And it's also guys where, who were very questionably not on the show. Like guys like Ricochet, who is so incredibly talented, yet nowhere near that card. And just kind of questioning, like, why? <laughs> why is that man nowhere near that card? Uh, but in this role, I guess I'm fine with it. It's just, yeah. Put Add it to the list of um, when people... As in, like, oh, don't worry, it'd be awesome. You wait and see, you're judging this too quickly. Uh, the Ricochet Brock Lesnar thing is just complete. That's on that list of when when you say, oh, let's just uh, wait and see. And immediately you can tell from the start, no, this is going to probably have consequences. And Brock Lesnar just killed Ricochet's momentum with that match. And to a point where he's just not on television. And he's incredibly talented. And I'm, like, I'm generally intrigued by that 365 documentary on Ricochet. He's like, well, where do they go to and how openly do they talk about stuff? Because he was doing relatively fine and just seemingly interest was lost in him. And he just gone. Or just completely... Like, he went up and up and up and had a match with Brock Lesnar. And then just completely just... It wasn't, he wasn't on WrestleMania. He's not been on Monday Night Raw for weeks. He's been on main event. Like they had, a, was it Andrade versus, or was it Cedric Alexander versus him? Yeah, but that was on main event, and just I saw my Twitter just like, what? <laughs> Why is that match on main event? Ah, oh, it's yeah. Anyway, Extreme Rules. The other question is, is Extreme Rules building well? And the answer kind of is kind of. I'm not really sold on Drew McIntyre Ziggler, even though it logically makes sense. Like I'm sold on it in the fact of it is happening, the reasons why. But I. I'm not sold in the sense of would I buy to watch the match. Like, in that sense. The answer's no, I'm not. So, yes. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, there is one last piece of news. Uh, just before I came live, the NXT, uh, there was NXT UK press conference earlier today, and more and more announcements were coming out about wrestlers being released. As I'm British, I feel like I kind of do need to address it. Uh, after the Speaking Out movement, this uh, today WWE have kind of, like, I don't know if the results of their investigations or they've reached a decision of what to do. And we've seen two referees released, uh, Chris Roberts and the other one that also got released. <laughs> uh, they're, they're gone. And uh, Chris Roberts on his cheese boards. Oh, he's, and he's gone. Oh, this, this, uh, I didn't see any, any allegations against Chris Roberts, but if he's gone, I'm assuming there must be a reason. 
and I've just missed it. Um, yeah, I don't know. If someone wants to link me that, I've just completely missed it. Uh, but also, on top of Traffic Banks being gone, and Elder Guerra gone, and Jack Gallagher being gone, uh, there's also Joe Coffey has been suspended. Uh, like Seemingly, they're taking this pretty seriously. But there's also no plans to cancel the brand. And they're still running this show in Dublin. It's just been postponed. They've got the main event of Walter versus Finn Balor. So, yeah, it's rolling along perfectly fine. And it's the UK. It's not being cancelled, as was rumoured during the week of do you just cancel it with all of this stink around it. But to be fair, it's an aura which, with work to it and actual changes in the industry, like you can work to fit, you can work to make change. And seemingly that's what the British independent scene has been doing this past week is putting to try yeah, getting rid of the bad eggs. Oh, not bad. That's not a phrase I want to use. Getting rid of those accused, or generally looking into it, sending it onto the police, because it is a criminal matter in some cases. And just putting it onto the right channels and then putting more things in place. Like, over here we've, something, we've got something called a DBS check, where it'll kind of like go over your, like a quick check over your history, just to make sure like you wouldn't be a dangerous hire, for example. Like I've, I've uh, in real life, I do um, supply work, in terms of, uh, not in terms of equipment, in terms of like, uh, I'm a supply teacher. Can't remember what it's called in America. And I've had to, well, everywhere, I've had my DBS check quite a few times. <laughs> so I'm pretty aware of the process. But uh, with, like, apparently the wrestling that isn't a DBS check, like, you've got, you've got like, full time wrestlers training, um, like, young people, and they don't get a DBS check. It's like, every school I've ever been to has, like, required that I have that. <laughs> it's well, quite that they get certain on the information, and it's it's kind of like it's crazy that they were given that amount of responsibility, yet there's no overseeing body to checking them. Now that's scary. And uh, Ida Dawn made a fantastic recommendation of like the people kind of on the I guess the social care kind of side of things. They shouldn't be a wrestling person. They should be an actual person where that is their job, like the social care part, like where that is their job. It feels like that's really what needs to happen. And not forgetting in this country as well, uh, unions are looked at very, very differently. There isn't that massive uh, negative corporate stink to them. As, as in, uh, from the point of view of the corporations. like they look In America especially, they look at them with like a dirty look, uh, look uh, looking at the unions, whilst over here, it's like, no, there's a genuine reason for them. And, uh, yeah, so in this country, I wouldn't be surprised if something comes out of it for the wrestlers. Uh, if there, I'm assuming there isn't one already, but the, at minimum, something like that where there's overseeing people just needing to put checks and balances in place now because of what happened. Like it's it's horrific what happened. It's heartbreaking what happened, and like the change is good to see change. Because like, I've seen because I've seen quite a few people say that where it's good. It's not good that it's happened, but it's good that the change is happening. It just wish that it hadn't happened in the first place. But when yeah, at least they're acting now. Anyway, I, now, before I go on off of my massive tangent, I did just want to mention that on NXT UK, being that I'm English, and it broke just before I came live. But this is the Monday Night Raw review. Uh, I will be back next week, because I've absolutely blasted through my notes. Uh, as I've already said, that was Monday Night Raw for the team. What did you think? Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at the damn Implicat. You can hit me up on the Laws of Pain website. I'll check the comments there. Uh, the comments here on YouTube as well. I'll try to remember to check them. I did just go to my last video today. It's like, ah, yes, I got a response on this video from like two weeks ago. <laughs> I probably should have checked the comments. <laughs> but anyway, I'll 
hopefully get more on top of that. And uh, follow at Lords of Pain and Whale for the Wrestling Headlines.net Twitter and all the news coming out. I will be back on Thursday with the NXT review, and I'll be joined by James Boyd of One Nation Radio, who is over on the Social Suplex Network. Uh, I'll be joined to talk about day one, or night one, of NXT, the Great American Bash. But also, uh, live after AEW Dynamite, so it's immediately live after the show, is our AEW post-show Dynamite After Dark with Jamal and Jeff. They'll be recapping the show immediately, because they're American, they can do that. I'm English, I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm not that mental. Uh, Fridays is Miss Phantomistic with the WWF The Legacy Series, uh, an unabridged look over the history of the now WWE with the journey of the WWF. Cannot recommend this show enough. Uh, and Tuesdays is Kingdom of Honor. Trying to remember what day it's on. <laughs> it's Kingdom of Honor, where they're currently going over, I think, the previous TNA pay per views, but I think they're taking a break to cover the New Japan Cup. So that's how you got your stuff all, all over. <laughs> uh, I am also taking part in a collaboration column with Sir Sam and Jeremy Donovan of the Keeping It Strong Style podcast, where we are covering the New Japan Cup. The columns are up on lawsofpain.net or wrestlingheadlines.com. I've got to remember to say that. Uh, the columns are all up there, and uh, we've been covering the Cup week to week for the New Japan Cup, uh, choosing our three favourite wrestlers of the week and our three favourite matches. And the, I think at the end, it's like a massive score of who was the best. Uh, like accumulated numbers between us as we go through the cup and there's a show tomorrow so I'll be up tomorrow tweeting about that show uh, if you do again want to join <laughs> at the Darren Picat I'll be tweeting about New Japan Cup then the column will come out I think on Saturday because again it's Monday Thursday Friday this week so I think that's all the stuff plugged All Night Wrestling Long Podcast also here <laughs> on the Laws of Bang YouTube there are podcasts that are here on YouTube that won't appear on the Red Circle feed and there's also a special Red Circle podcast that won't appear on, here on YouTube. It's like a interweaving thing, just to give a bit of variety. Anyway, with that, I say thank you for listening, watching, or whatever you're doing. It's on multiple forms. <laughs> it's in multiple platforms in different ways, as I bash my mouse about. I will be back ne- on Thursday. Then I'll be back next week to talk about more. Thank you for listening. Tell me what you think in the comments below of Monday Night Raw. And with that, I bid you adieu. So I don't know why I'm rubbing my belly. <laughs> with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>